Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and gamers of all ages, it is us, your hosts, for the afternoon, the evening, the morning, the Blood Force Gamers. It is I, Game Goblin, along with Kazarkan, the Lord Rider, and Darth Blasphemous. Hail to the dark side. And this week we are discussing... Special Editions. Is it worth it to buy the Special Edition D&D book, Special Edition video game with all the extra merch? <laughs> Cloth bags. <laughs> Canvas bags. Oh yeah, we're going to get into that. So We'll get there. That, yeah. See, I, it only took you 30 seconds to rile me up. <laughs> so I'm going to roll out our intro, and we're going to get right into this. How about that, guys? Sounds like a plan. Let's do it. All right. Blunt Force Gamers. You are whatever muddies the white. I'm killing Steve Shives. I am so blue ball on fucking EA right now. It means hold on, fuck. Durr. Pay me rent, bitch. Hey! I paid for a cheerleader, you fucker! Three, two, one. Ready? I'm gonna make it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. <laughs> All right, all right. Y'all are so weird. We're all so wholesome here. We are so <laughs> wholesome. After the things I've seen on the internet this week, I needed a little bit of levity to my life. While the world is collapsing, the Blood Force Gamers will bring you entertainment, because that's what we do. Yep. Because the world is a horrible place, so let's talk about the horrors of uh, first world problems. Canvas bags. <laughs> <laughs> So, we've all been there. I was at a game shop this past week just looking for some cards. Couldn't find anything I wanted. And I asked the guy about, you know, all these special editions. You know, they had the special edition San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, it was like five pack of uh, the gods and Nicobolas from this last magic set. And I asked him, like, I, I bought them before and I was an ignorant newbie. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Blackout Planeswalker. It's special edition. No one else have it. I start playing and there's like five or six people that have the actual good ones. And I spent way too much money on the cheap ones because they're ones I actually played. But, you know, we've all fallen into that special edition mania. You know, where where do you guys fall on that? Like, is it better to buy the special edition D&D like I did, but I got a hell of a deal? Or is it better to just buy the core books and save yourself 50 bucks? That depends on how passionate you are about a given product. It also depends on how passionate that given product is about their customer base. Yeah. Like, given the choice, I will have a special edition of CD Projekt Red's uh, Cyberpunk. Uh, speaking of which, actually, since you just brought them up, uh, Senpai noticed me. Oh, really? Yeah, I tweeted them. I was like, hey, if you release a ultra-special, mega-fuck-you-collector's super-uber-minch... Yeah, edition. Like, I just had it on this string of long fucking names. And I'm like, if you include one of these, and with cybernetics included, with the proper wetware, so I could just jack right in and play your game, I'm gonna fucking buy two copies. <laughs> and Artel Sorian liked it. <laughs> Senpai, you noticed me. Senpai noticed me. <laughs> uh, there, there are a few games that I have bought in the past that I am not sad about buying the special edition, and there are some that I'm just like, now I look back on it, I'm like, yay, hunk of plastic, whoopity shit. Yeah, uh, it's like, uh, Narciss, he went off, you know, because I got the Darth Malgus statue from buying the collector's edition of Star Wars Old Republic, and I beat that game in like three weeks and got bored and 
went on to other things. But the, the stuff that came in that box was better than the game itself, in my opinion, which is sad. <laughs> I still like it. Uh, the Skyrim Collector's Edition, back in the glory days when Bethesda could still pretty much do no wrong, except for, like, horse armor. Uh, oh, still, my God. Like, over there in the corner, we can see it right here. I've got my... Your dragon my, my, on the wall with the uh, runes inscribed on my, it. My dragon on the wall with the runes, that thing is just fucking hella awesome, and I can take him off and wear him as a hat, yeah. although it's highly uncomfortable. He's done it before. I have, yes. For, like, half a game. Uh, the Saints Row Collector's Edition for Saints Row 4 that came with the dubstep gun. That, again, I also shot Narciss in the eye with my dubstep gun. <laughs> shot him with a laser because uh, it makes dubstep noises. That was pretty cool. It had, like, the, the red nuclear button with bass and stuff. A lot of it was, like, really cheaply, though. I mean, like, I don't know what factory in China they went to, but I swear to Christ, man. They're like, see those undernourished little kids over there strapped over the table? They're the ones who are going to be making your crap. And I'm like, fuck. That, that's, that's the kind of quality I got out of it. Like, most of it really wasn't all that great with all the special items included. Uh, the headphones, actually, in one set for the Saints Row stuff was actually pretty good. But the very first time I encountered buying a game with anything special to it, and the neat part was, is it was called Namaki Box. And it's a Japanese tradition. It's more of a thank you for buying our product than an incentive to try to for get you to buy the product. And the product, it was weird, because I bought Lunar, so, star, uh, Lunar S Silver Star Story Complete. Tongue twister. <laughs> <laughs> sounds uh, better in Japanese. Yeah, it probably sounds way better in Japanese, but in the American, of course, it's tongue twister. And when I bought that, it came with an Omaki box, and the only difference between the one with the Omaki box and regular edition was $2. $2 difference, right? And I'm like, what the hell? You know, what's with this Omaki thing? So, of course, Google didn't exist at this time. The internet was still... Youngish. Well, when you went on the internet, you could actually have visible sightings of Stegosaurus, right? I mean, we're talking about, like, Mesozoic era here, maybe Cretaceous. Yeah. Yeah, I was just... Wow. Long time ago. Anyway, but fuck it. Before I fall back into the past, the Omaki box only cost, like, $2 more. After taxes, it was, like, three fifty more. Whatever. And that but was it, mostly shipping, wasn't it? No, it was right there in the store shelf. Oh. Uh, we had a specialty store in uh, Seattle. It uh, did mostly Japanese and otaku kind of stuff back then. Oh, cool. Because anime was uh, 20 years ago, dude. If you wanted anime, you had to go to a specialty shop or know somebody who knew somebody or magazine catalog. It wasn't you just turn on Crunchyroll. So the thing was, I went into the specialty shop because they had a lot of the weeaboo stuff before weeaboo even became a fucking word. And I'm looking at it, and he's got some games sitting there, and of course, it's a JRPG, so why not, right? And I'm taking a look at it, and I'm interested in getting a new RPG. And I see this big fucking box, I'm like, why is this one only $2 more? And he's like, well, because the box weighs more to ship. That was it. That extra $2 I was paying for shipping from where it began to get to his store. All, okay. So it came with a uh, pendant inside of it, it came with a, a CD soundtrack for the game, like a little lore book, came with a fold-out map and a few like little pictures of the characters. And the whole Omaki tradition is, it's a thank you. Yeah. It, it's basically when you come into my restaurant, you buy a burger and I just give you some fries, and I put an extra bunch of fries on top of your fries just because you show up. That, yeah. That's what it is. It's not like, oh, I give you more fries than the other restaurant. It's like, no, I'm thanking you for actually buying <laughs> my product. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's such a cool thing. It's like it's a thing, hella cool thing. I, I honestly think the game industry needs to kind of find that tradition again. Oh, I'm we sure. need to get the radical left out of there. 
Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff, but that's neither here nor there. It's yeah. not the topic. True, true that. It's uh, the radical left and gaming though do need to separate. There should be a separation of church and state style thing. Well, I'm saying church because well, the way things are going with the radical left, it's more like a church than an actual legitimate movement at this point. But the thing that I'm trying to get back onto here is the Omaki box is a great tradition, and a lot of game manufacturers, because I'm talking from the video game side mostly here, a lot of video game manufacturers have lost. The, the whole idea of actually, like, being happy that they have fucking customers for the first place. We all know about Bethesda treating everybody like shit last winter, and this winter's not looking good for them at all. And most of what happened last winter was Bethesda's just, uh, they're so big, they don't give a fuck anymore, and they don't have to. They know people are going to give them money regardless. Buy my game, bigot. Buy my game, bigot. Yeah, and, you know, you get this, and it's, it's showing in their quality. It's starting to slide, that... They'll buy it anyway. Mentality is killing the games that they produce and, you know, other various new management. But again, neither here nor there. So we've heard a little bit about what Goblins had to say on the subject of collector's boxes. Which ones have you put up there, uh, Oh, Darth? so this is the fun stuff. So I went out purposefully, and the first time I ever got a special edition was Mortal Kombat. I can't remember which one, but it's the one that came with the bookends of Scorpion and Sub-Zero. And I gotta I tell you... I can see them on his shelf now, too. They're pretty cool. Oh, yeah, they're still useful. The only problem with it is Spike broke off of Sub-Zero's chest from, you know, Scorpion impaling him, but it's worth it, and the stuff still works. I can still play the game. I can still do all the stuff, although I think I gave it to my sister because it was an Xbox version, 360. You know, that's the first time where I was like, I really want to get this because bookends for my video games. That's fucking awesome. I mean, that's probably the best one I've ever bought. The ones I really regret is when I went out of my way after they had already been out and I went to the store in California and they just so happened to have a whole bunch of those collector boxes for different games for like 50 bucks a piece, I think. So it was a GameStop, actually. So I'd gotten the um, uh, Batman Arkham Asylum, I believe it was, or Arkham City, the one where you get the Joker. Uh, still have that. The lights still work. The batteries haven't corroded and eaten everything, but... I put it away because there's just no room for it. I don't have a good enough shelf. And the game itself was alright, but I never finished it because I got bored. I bought, not Metal Gear, um, Gears of War Special Edition, and like the statue's still there, but it never lit up. It never did what it said it did on the box, right? It's I, actually really funny that you mentioned that because the part, part of what you're talking about right now is actually what's going on in the video game area also. I mean, Magic's doing it as well. Is the, the product quality itself, like when you buy a game, you fucking expect a good goddamn game, not or at least a patch. functional, uh, or at least a functional game. And these, these fucking idiot, over-educated fucking dummies, they put out a shitty ass game, and then they just bundle it up in the shiniest fucking paper they can for Christmas, basically, and say, "Oh, this is a really awesome game. This is a collector's edition." And it comes with all these fun toys and trinkets on the side that have absolutely no fucking relevance on making your gameplay better. And I spent 60 bucks on a goddamn game. The game better be great. I don't care if all the little trinkets and shit and all the little pendants and all the little statuettes are, you know, fucking great and everything. Because for the 60 hours plus, I'm going to be focusing on the game. And it's kind of like a distraction, mm -hmm. right? So you're talking about you get your character and, like, he doesn't light up or do the things he does. And that's a really bad show on the company's part as far as quality. Oh, yeah, and it was horrible. And I, I put that thing away, I think, after we moved here. I never even pulled it out of the box. I don't even know what the fuck I'm saying right now. I'm so pissed. But, yeah, you know, and then you go, that's all the video game stuff. But 
I gave up on buying special editions for a while. I wanted to make my house Nirvana while filling it up all this plastic bullshit wasn't doing it because half of it didn't do what it fucking said it would do. Oh, I loved, uh, um, of course, you know, we just went on video games and, of course, uh, hedging into magic here because their territory is getting really fucking murky. Oh, yeah. There's also, when you go in and you go to a tournament and running behind the counter, I saw this on the, uh, the side of being an actual vendor and business person and I got a lot of feedback from the customers themselves and we, we unanimously agreed at the same time you know it's like what the fuck it's when they have like a tournament going on or a special event people show up and you're like all right everybody who buys in this tournament is going to get this really awesome rare foil card so then you get like a shit ton of people showing up to the tournament more so than normal because there's like a special planeswalker that just came yeah. out alternate print or whatever and then you go check on CC Kingdom or Card Kingdom or any of the other price checkers, and you basically paid $15 to get into a tournament just for the chance to earn a card that's now worth 10 cents. Or worse yet, when you have those F&M promos. And literally, the day they come out, they're already, they've already been on sale for 24 hours on eBay and all that. Oh my god, like that fucking land we had in the back, mm -hmm. uh, we, in, in the back box, because of course when we got those F&M promos, uh, we had an entire box in the back and there was like stacks, literally stacks of hundreds of cards that we had that were all promos. And the, the fun part was, is like the non-promo card was like 10, 20 bucks. Mm -hmm. It had a fairly decent value to it, but the more of those promos we threw out at the customers, the more we actually devalued the non-promo card. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting thing. I think the I remember you guys like Bossman gave me a couple of promo cards for uh, Ascension, which is a deck building game, because I had bought the collector's edition of the first year and the second year because they're fun as shit. Um, well, I should hope a game is fun as shit, right? Or at least more fun than shit, because shit, you know, is yeah, right. But you know. I played that game a lot, and then I burnt out my roommate on it because he didn't like consistently losing. I'm like, well, you good? I'm a loser, baby, so why don't you kill me? Double barrel buckshot! And yeah. then that's another thing, is with all those promos and stuff, when they got to the, uh, you wouldn't get promos of playable cards you could use, instead you were getting promos of tokens. That's when a whole lot of people, me included, said, fuck it, I'm not playing standard anymore because... Why am I going to pay 15 bucks to get into a tournament where, yeah, I can get two packs and a promo when I could just buy two packs and save, you know, $7? And several hours. Yeah, especially when it's a tournament that's unwinnable, when it's, you know, constructed. You got people coming in and just completely obliterate you. Or you have yeah, fucking promos. We actually, uh, I, I don't because we're avoiding real names, so we're going to call him Levy. Levy? We are going to call him Levy. Me and Levy took some of the promos out of the back and built a deck out of it. Mm -hmm. that's, that's just literally how many promos we had. We didn't even make a dent in it. Me and Levy just sat there. We were like picking cards out. And we realized we could make a blue plus artifact deck. And so we built on that with like a little splash of green into it. You know, just for a bit a, of color. A bit of color and a little bit of filler. And we built this deck and like the loop. The funniest part about it was it was built entirely out of promos, the entire deck, 60 cards, plus mana, all promos. If I sold that deck off, it would have been worth about maybe five bucks. Oh, yeah. But if it was built out of the non-promo cards, that deck would have been easily worth 200. It's just, and it's weird, too, because, like, promos, they do, uh, they have this weird reality. Value morphing. fluctuation. They do. They do. And, like, when you go out, and I, like, 
I used to handle those things out like candy. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I, you'd give me, like, three or four because you just passed my table so many times. Yeah, well, yeah, I'd, like, walk around the shop and I'd just be passing promos. I'm like, hey, thank you for coming in and playing on Friday night. I don't care if you're in the tournament or not. Pass them fuckers out. <laughs> well, we're not allowed to sell them. We're not allowed to... Uh, we're not supposed to personally keep them. So we're not supposed to take uh, the promo packs and whatnot and just go home with them, though some stores do. Or they sell them on eBay. Or they sell them on eBay. We, we actually do have strict rules we're supposed to abide by. But the thing is, the more I obey the rules that are set forth, the more I devalue the legitimate cards out there. Mm -hmm. And right. the more I devalue the promos. And this is supposed to be a collectible card game. Oh, no, it's a TCG. Yeah. It's a TCG, but it's also a CCG. Yeah. yeah. Because a lot of the reason why some people get into it, you know, is they hear the mythology of the Black Lotus. And unfortunately, it heads back to the 90s, the same with comic books, is that the guys at Wizards of the Coast are telling us what Marvel and DC used to tell us. Mm -hmm. And that's basically they're printing money. If you buy our cards, wait 10 years, you'll be able to buy a mansion in the Bahamas. Mm -hmm. Which is utter fucking bullshit. <laughs> that is so far past bullshit. Especially to sell them afterwards. If you're not doing it at an auction, you're getting maybe 30% of the card's true value. Right, and like, you know, I, you know, as a, as a player, I went through a bad break with my ex and I wound up with all of her magic cards. And there was a very large collection that she had, most of which was pretty old. It was six or seven hundred cards, and I'm just like, look, this thing's taking up space. Yeah, there's some neat stuff in there, but I'm not going to spend, you know, hours and hours and hours sorting through this and get nothing out of it. Yeah, it's just... The, the I whole, think I got like 150 bucks off it. Yeah, the whole idea of collectible items, especially these days, have become so fucking perverted. I mean, they've gotten to the point where they give you digital collector's items. That's like oh, so God. low effort. Such it's like, oh, energy. buy our game and you get the special skin for your gun. And right. it's like, you realize that I'm only probably going to play a game that's worth $60 for about 100 hours total if it's a good game. Yeah. If it's a phenomenal game, I'll play it for 250 maybe even more. Before I move on to the next thing, what the fuck am I going to do? What am I going to do if I want to show my friends the special golden skin that I got for my gun? Oh, Black you Ops. Know, oh. You know, two years later, I'm like, ooh, let me log into this game that I barely even fucking remember how to play anymore. Just to show you this neat thing that came in the game. Oh, no more servers anymore. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah, no more servers. Jesus. Yeah, and then, you know, you get that stuff. Like, I mean, I've played a lot of hours of Stellaris. It's in the four digits. Oh, yeah. I believe it. Oh, but hell. then again, that's a game that is constantly being, you know, revamped. So I've, like, constantly... There's a new DLC, and with the new DLC, it changes the way the galaxy spawns, and it's all sorts of wacky shit. So it's actually I'm, worth it. Like, yeah, I'm pushing over... Money. Uh, for, for money, the thing that a lot of players need to look at, and uh, actually a good mathematical average, as presented to me by one of my uh, marine buddies, Semper Fi, bro, keep doing it. Hey, he's a good kid. Uh, he also is a gamer, and he gave me kind of a mathematical breakdown. If you buy a game, on average, for $60, mm -hmm. right, you should be looking at roughly 60 hours of playtime for a game, because most games used to uh, advertise themselves, especially in SNES games and NES games, they would give oh, you like God. a... they give you a playtime. They'd be like, over 60 hours of gameplay, or over 40 hours of gameplay. Right. Right. And if you base the mathematical quantifier of how much you invested in the game per hour played, and if you run at an average of about $1 per hour of entertainment time, that game is above average. It, it is a good game if it can keep you engrossed for 60 hours for $60. It's a good game. Uh, I, I think Skyrim has got to be a fantastic fucking game, well above beyond the curve since I'm pushing 2,000 hours into it. See. Or... 
Like in my case, I've dropped about $150 over three years playing Stellaris, and I'm yeah. at 1,700 hours. You know, you look at my playtimes on Steam, and like, Ark is a fantastic goddamn game by that, meta, that metric. But that metric, but it seems to hold true given the fact that I've been sticking with these games for so long. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll go out and I'll buy a $60 game like Saints Row. I'll play it for 30 hours. It's great for that 30 hours, but that's more around the $2 per hour mark. And it, really, a little, a little and it doesn't have a lot of replayability. Like, even now, I'll log into uh, Skyrim, and I'll play that for a few hours. And did you realize that, like, a year ago, I found my first fairy circle. I've been playing that game for almost six years, nonstop, modding it tearing mods out, just playing a vanilla, just doing crazy shit, playing side things, and I'm running through the forest one day and fairy circle. Holy shit. Now that's a good game. And that's what these manufacturers need to remember how to fucking do is make a good game. If, I, if we get that metric of $1 per good hour of gameplay, so you've played a lot of that magic game mm -hmm. and you haven't paid a dime for it. That nope. is definitely AAA, their quality, because you play a lot of that motherfucker, and you haven't paid a dime. <laughs> and I got it in beta test. And you got it in beta test, so that means it's a great game. It's awesome to play. That and You're getting a lot of enjoyment per hour mm -hmm. out of that game, a lot of diversion and not think about how horrible this fucking world is time. Well, I was until they brought in the whole you can pay to get packs, and then all True. of a sudden everyone's got all the cards. I'm like, I'm done playing because I don't want to spend money on a digital game when I can spend it on the real game and enjoy that, and I don't even do that well, anymore. Because, well, part of yeah. the problem with a digital game too and especially when it comes with the digital bonuses that come with the game and especially like the, the magic one or mobile games and a lot of times the steam games or ea games you're not buying the game you're buying a license to be able to play that game yeah when you're buying digital you're just getting a license you're getting permission you're, you're just paying the guy the guy at the nightclub to go in the club for a while dance around have fun and leave mm -hmm. not even buy drinks it, that that goes count not even get drinks, really, yeah, because... Drinks or food or whatever happens at the club. So it's what I'm trying to get at in a long-winded sort of way here. But yeah, I mean, that's definitely the thing, is if you can if you can play a game and get the entertainment value, that's the whole thing. It's like when you go to the movies. Right. You're not paying 20 bucks to just see the fucking uh, movie. It's your entertainment, right? Yeah. Are you willing to spend that hour to, oh god, it'd be great if they made an epic three-hour movie again? And you're just entertained for that amount of time. That's how you gotta do your entertainment budget. Like, there are people like me when I first started buying magic boxes. I just spent stupid amounts of money and got plenty of fucking entertainment, and now I'm paying for it as an older guy, because now I've gotta pay that debt. <laughs> Yep. You know, and I've got all this garbage in my room. Did I not try to warn you? I don't remember this. You, I was just buying boxes from you. Oh, I'm the old man, and you can't remember shit. I remember you Back saying, all right, here's another box. I, yes, we're, I we're, always we're, say, have, and everything, dude, moderation. Just, just eat until you're sated. Same with magic cards. Just buy until you have enough to keep you going for a while. That's why now I just buy singles. Damn. And I haven't even bought singles lately. Oh, that's the point I was trying to get to before, uh... All yeah. the crazy. All the crazy. Is manufacturers, you know, on the metric of dollar per hour of entertainment, have fun, be great, do stuff, is they need to stop actually giving us these collector's packs because usually the ones that have the collector's packs are these AAA titles that obviously turn out to be shit games in the long run anyway, or they're shit when they first come out. <coughs> anyway. Where's my canvas bag? Game manufacturers need to focus more on the product itself, whether it's card games, board games, video games, dice games. They need to focus on the quality of the content of that game first, and then think afterwards, well, how are we going to get people to buy our product with all these neat little widgets on the side. 
right? Um, I think I, some of the more interesting ones that I've picked up in terms of special editions, StarCraft, Wings of Liberty. I bought, my dad got me the collector's uh, edition. Here we are, StarCraft again. You knew it was coming. I know. I know. Uh, my dad bought me the collector's edition for, it was either Christmas or my birthday, all right? And, you know, I got it, I opened it up, came with a neat little USB stick shaped like James Rayner's dog tag in-game. A neat thing, it's like a 4 gig, and it comes preloaded with StarCraft Original, just as a free... That's extra. actually pretty cool. Right? So, my dad got me StarCraft Wings of Liberty, technically a second copy, so that I could play with my friends. In the process, I also got StarCraft Original, art book and a specialty case, plus a couple of other little widgets, like a actually, mouse pad I still use. Actually, that reminds me of one that I picked up when it was time to buy Mass Effect. And of course, I, this is kind of one of those weird areas where I feel dirty at the same time I don't. It's kind of weird because I picked up the special edition of Mass Effect and it had Femshep on the cover. I actually paid the extra money to get the metal case with Femshep on the front. And there was also the special edition of Final Fantasy. I did that too with the metal case. Woo! Big... Whoa. I feel stupid now. Anyway. <laughs> the thing is, though, it came with a Femshep on the front who was more popular than Mel Shep. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you get Commander Shepard as a female and you get some extra widgets. mucky muck and widgets with it. Still like the same it. core game. Yeah. Regardless. And yeah, I picked up the special edition because it had Femshep on it, but the weird part is, and I, I, if a game company actually got on the psychology of this, it would actually probably make for a better argument uh, on their side for business, is that I picked up Femshep because I identified more with the Femshep character during gameplay than I did Male Shep for one reason. The voices. Male Shep sounded like a dude who was at the mall. He sounded like a Jersey Shore dude, bro. Like, hey, I'm in the military. Well decisions and stuff. Right, or uh, and, was it, I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. Yeah, well, he sounded more like a dude bro. I mean, he, yeah, just, he had know. that kind of nasal voice. He didn't sound military whatsoever. Like, a guy who's active sounds way different than a guy who has been out of service for a couple of years as compared to a guy who's about to go in service. Yeah. There, there's that mental change that happens when you're in service you, it changes a lot of the way you interact with your surroundings and male Shep sounded nothing like a military man in my opinion and, and you hang around with a bunch of military I dudes. hang around with military guys uh, apparently I'm adopted marine now you know my I'm a squid kid who's been disciplined by my dad to kill people thanks dad <sighs> fucking Vietnam anyway yeah when you, little kids should not watch Jacob's Ladder and be able to identify with it that's how far my dad pushed me okay how much did you enjoy platoon <laughs> Off topic. You had a story about Fem. No, no, no. How, how much did I enjoy Platoon? After watching Platoon, I wore fatigues for six months straight. Was doing uh, cape or uh, PT on my own volition. That that explains how military he was raised. Yeah, right. It was on topic. Okay, so getting back on topic. So that, that, that well, the topic is actually kind of you know involved with each other because it explains my military mindset on this. But Fem Shep, and as much as I despise Jennifer Hale on a personal level. On a professional level, I love this woman, right? So it's a real you can you can respect your enemies, right? A right. good enemy can be respected. And Jennifer Hale, on a personal level, we would mongoose and Wolverine in the same room. But on a professional level, she managed to hit that just that tonal quality that makes her sound like a woman who is out to actually be a military. She's out to be a badass. 
And doesn't take shit from nobody. Yeah, she actually hit the right tonal qualities that it was actually way more military sounding than Colonel Shepard, male Shep. So I bought the collector's edition based on that because female Shep sounded much more like a commander type individual in a military organization. Someone who's been there, who's seen that shit, who isn't going to take that shit from nobody. Yeah, it's, uh, that's the only reason I bought the collector's edition, and a lot of people were buying Femme Shep, you know, basically because, you know, strong female, strong women. Yeah, it's you know. like, there are lots of ways for wi- for women in video games to be strong without just being a woman who happens to be physically strong. Ah, or- shameless plug. Read my blog post about Lady Yuna on bfgamershq.com, where I point out that she is a strong female character without being physically strong. Yep. Thank you for that uh, segue. <laughs> that was rather clever. Yeah, I read that. That was really good. I liked that. Um, of course you and- would. Yeah, I mean, I'm an admin on the site. Of course I do. But, you know, at the same tokens, like, I have no clue who... Like, I have barely any clue who these characters are, but I'm like, I can follow along with the way it was presented, and it's really well done, so props. Thank you. Um, but, you know, like, for special editions, some games are worth it, and it's it's much more dependent on what else you get with it. Like, uh, I picked up a special edition some time ago that came with a second copy. I'm like, fuck yeah, my buddy now gets a copy. Oh, yeah, I still have a copy code to that if anybody out there ever wants to email me and get it. or uh, No, wait, they can't get it because I forgot my password and I'm too lazy to get it back. So <laughs> uh, I guess I'm going to say no. No good luck. Pew pews for you. No, it wasn't Nightfall. It's really super popular right now and I'm so disinterested in the game I can't even remember it. Fork Knife. Fork Knife, yes. Yeah, that was ironically enough the same game. I gave him that key. It, was, it had a really good start, but once they started going into uh, the multiplayer, multiplayer PvP, PvP, it just died. I already spent 10 hours a day, every day, for the last 15 years of my life getting pwned by people who think they're better than me. I don't want to spend the next four hours of my free time doing the same thing. Yeah, it gets boring after a while. Um, I want the power fantasy of being a strong Nord woman fighting Alduin. <laughs> and they're done that. All sorts of crazy things. I named her Tiffany the Slayer. Well, you know, on the topic of special editions, I've actually got a quick one. All right. That was Back quick. to our base of D&D, which is our uh, primary topic. When it comes uh, to books, is it oh, worth books. it to buy, you know, like they've got a new one coming out this month for D&D. It's the Dragon Tome, basically. It's got the uh, Tiamat uh, storyline uh, for module in 5e. Uh, special edition cover with all her faces on it. It looks really rad. Um, yeah, the special comes, editions of those books look really nice. I think it comes with extra stuff, like pretty much a new Dragonomicon, I believe it was. I'm not 100% on that. I was trying to read the article, and it kept hiding behind a paywall. So, fuck you guys, game journalists. Air quotes. Oh. So, I'm going to um, have to find this article now. If for no other reason than, like, I really should look this up. Yeah, it comes out, like, next week or something. I... More money. Ah... <clears throat> uh... But, you know... No. No? I wouldn't fucking touch it with a stolen dick. Well, yeah, I mean, it is 5e, which is, I know, is a big turnoff for you. No, it's not even that. It's it's the fact that it's a role-playing collector's edition. Yeah. Video game collector's edition. I mean, as much as I bitch about it, at least I do get some bells and whistles, which I do like to keep around, like a dubstep gun or an Alduin statue. Sometimes I get an in-game item that, you know, is specific to the edition I bought, except when, you know, it's Saints Row, you know, I buy a special edition of that. I'm like, woo, I'm the only one with a fucking, uh, fucking Uncle Sam bodysuit. And then, like, six months later, like, okay, everybody can buy a Uncle Sam Saints Row bodysuit and I'm like fuck you motherfuckers right but the thing is when I buy a special edition 
game that's been printed, typically what comes with it is way cool. so lackluster. It literally comes with nothing. It's just the book with an alternate well, cover. It, well, usually it's like the book with an alternate cover. And if you're lucky, it has like a preface to the intro or like extra pages added on where people give their thoughts and feelings on development or whatever. It's mm -hmm. basically like a making of book that yeah. comes with your book. It adds nothing to the game. You don't... And there's no... so Really, I mean, honestly, in this day and age, even in antiquity back in the, you know, late 90s, the 80s, the old times of D&D &D, when we actually played in a real dungeon. <laughs> what was your Thacko? Oh, my Thacko was negative 10. There you go. Can't touch this. Dun, 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 dun. Mm, negative 10. Dun. No, no. Anyway, the thing is, they cannot add new gameplay mechanics to a special edition. They can't add new races. They can't add new rules. They cannot add new weapons. They can't even add in a mini module in the book, especially nowadays, because that shit will get leaked before the book even hits store shelves. Yes, and, you know, secondarily, especially for role-playing games, they are a collaborative storytelling game between the players and the DM. Yeah, I, I wouldn't If you touch limit... Just one side of that, because they didn't buy the special book, you're crippling the entire game. Yeah, I mean, you know how, like, you're, as a GM, do mm -hmm. a GM here. Alright, you know that I have a specific rule that I follow, and you've, you've adopted it in your own ways, and, and Kazarkan has adopted it, the Goblin School of GMing in his own ways, and that's how GMing should work, is that it's an evolutionary growth process. Each mm -hmm. GM, you know, tries to teach the best to their uh, Padawan, and they their take protégé. it on. Because you're protégé. the best. You're around. the best! <laughs> Danger zone! Anyway, the thing is, and one of the rules you know that I have when I GM, and you guys have taken it on and adopted it and as far as I see in your games, if the GM does not have access to the book, if the GM says straight up, we are going by the core book, the monster manual, and the GM's guide for this game session, because we're going to keep it simple, mm -hmm. and he says these are the three books we're using. No third-party shit, no extra books, no combat errata books, no... Nothing. Nothing crazy. Just the core three books you expect to have in a role-playing game. Caster Kane walks in with the special edition of the game we are playing, right? So me and you decide to play. Caster Kane walks in and he's like, oh, I bought the special edition of the game we're playing, but it's a special edition of the player's guide that has this extra race in it, and I want to play this race. Okay, now, Blasphemous, if you're GMing this game, would you allow it? Because you don't have access to that book technically, because that player's guide, even though it is the same edition, same game system, it has information you do not have on hand at all times. It would really depend on how game-breaking it is. If it's like, oh, well, I get to play a crystalline dragonborn. Well, here's the issue then, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're leaning that, okay, you know, it's the same 5e game setting, we'll say. And it's still a core book. And it's still a core book. Dick fingers. But if he gets to play this uh, race, why can't I play another race that's out of one of the other books that's also part of the core chronology that's also... Mm -hmm. You know, why can't I whip in the book of halflings and be like, well, I want to play this halfling variant? Yeah, and that's definitely where the problem comes in with specialty books. Uh... And I mean, when it comes to like a module and they release a special edition module, which I think is the core of what this is, because it's the uh, Rise of the Dragon Queen uh, module arc, uh, okay. but it's also paired up with another dragon arc after that, uh, and then it's supposed to have some extra stuff in there for dragons. Oh, so it's the entire uh, Horde of the Dragon Queen arc, mm -hmm. plus a little bit of an e extra campaign. Which I believe is what it is, and other than that, it's just a specialty cover. And that's it. Because, like, I mean, I saw the 
uh, D&D art book, and they have the special edition, which is like $150 more, and I couldn't see buying it because it was just an art book. Yeah. But when it comes to the core books, I bought the specialty edition because they didn't have a box set of the D&D 5e core books at the time. I found out they came out the same time as that, but they were like the same price when I went to con. Yeah, I mean, if they're the same price, take advantage, you know? Now, this, this actually brings up a really good point. If you have the option to get a special edition and not cost yourself an additional arm and or leg, do it. Yeah, because there's no problem. Just, yeah. yeah. It, it falls into that same kind of umaki box. Yeah. It, it, there's there's right? no difference if you're buying something that's got an alternate art cover or limited print, and it's not going to damage your gaming experience, or the gaming experience like D&D, again, is a mm -hmm. group game. If it's not going to detract from the other gamers at the table, sure, go for it. Right. Yeah, and you know, or hell, just put it on your fucking bookshelf. Don't even worry about it. Just play with the, the core book. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's like I got the special one because I wanted Bragg and Rent. The, the other problem I have with special edition, though, when you're talking books on that topic, though, is yes, you go out and you buy the alternate art uh, cover of the book. So you got Tiamat, who's apparently uh, five-headed. Well, it's, it's the rise of the Dragon Queen, but uh, last I remember, Jon Snow stabbed her. <laughs> anyway. Oh, and you give me five seconds, uh, we can behead her. But she's my queen. <laughs> Just like the Queen of England right now, she's my queen. Anyway, uh, the, the other thing I have, though, as an issue, though, is you buy this special collector's edition. What is the point of having a collectible? You put it in a plastic bag, put it on the shelf, and show it off as a trophy, pretty much. All the information contained in that book is useless to you if you treat a collector's item like it's supposed to be treated as a collector's item. As a trophy. As a trophy. It's just like comic books. You go out, you like in, back in the 90s, they used to print number ones like fucking everywhere. Just number one, number one, number one. Everybody got... Of course, I missed out on buying Deadpool number one, which is worth about like, I don't know, a couple of bucks now because he's popular. Well, yeah. But wants the to. fact of the matter is, is they were selling all these number ones, and the only thing that these number ones were for is put in a plastic sheet, put in a box, put it on your shelf, show off. And all the work that went into putting that book together, all the editing, all of the artwork, all the writing. The storyboarding, the, the placement, storyboarding, yeah. the printing. All the work that's inside that book is now null and void. So basically what you're paying for is just something pretty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's like at so that point. So if you buy something next to collector's item, it's pretty. Sure, treat it. This is pretty. Yeah, just fucking Shima Queen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like some of these things are much more well done. Like um, CD Projekt Red uh, made a big point of after E3, someone had made a twenty a Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven themed hoodie based off the one in the trailer, mm -hmm. right? And CD Projekt Red was like, look, guys, don't buy this. Because, one, it's not official merch. And two, if you guys want it enough, we'll probably make it later. But we're well, going to focus on the game first. <laughs> That's kind of... <laughs> shit. I think it was It's a Gundam that just was did a video about something similar to that. And it's like how people want something and the game designers, the publishers, whatever... They just won't cater to the audience and be like, no, buy Tekken instead, or buy Street Fighter instead. And you're like, but we want to do Resident Evil. And they're like, no, buy this instead. And finally, somebody on the private side has to go out and fucking make it themselves before the company's like, don't buy that. We're uh, working on it right now. Or fucking Bethesda with their fucking... Oh my god, the shit they do with mods. Like, they, they if you look up into Bethesda, they have made mods 
or contracted out to other not, people. They're not mods. Uh, actual plugins for their games. You know, like little DLCs and shit that you add into the game. And then you can go onto like the Nexus or any other mod site that's really big and somebody's already privately made it first. So the fact that somebody out there made a hoodie and CD, Pro CD Projekt Red is fucking freaking out about it is no big surprise. All it means is uh, Project Red is going to make some hoodies. Yes, but at the same token, you know, it happened before launch, which means that, you know, it's like, well, you guys clearly want this. We'll add it to the queue for later. Is that USB? Uh, yeah, her head comes off. <laughs> <laughs> I just pulled the queen's head off. It just took some effort. <laughs> so, so, for our listeners out there, I just removed Queen Daenerys's head. She's my little USB plug thing. 18, oh, 16 gigabytes. Uh, no, wait, oops, putting her head on backwards. Yeah, I'm easily distracted by Queen Daenerys. It's what I do. Just put her right here. And what's really weird, it's really weird. Look at Daenerys. All right, I'm, I'm showing the guys here, and I'll explain this to our listeners right now that there's Tyrion, all right? There's Tyrion. Mm -hmm. There's Daenerys. Tyrion is taller. <laughs> my Tyrion USB is taller than my Daenerys USB. How is that? His, his box is always... Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Fuck that. I'm not opening it. Anyway, back to the subject. Special editions. Special editions. Yes, we're like 40 minutes in. It's okay. Yeah, no, I was just checking. Um, so, what special, special editions? Ooh, we can take this into movies. Because there's a big thing out there. Best Buy does the metal boxes. Mm. Uh, Funko has got together and made little pop keychains that go with certain movies. Uh, you can get some of them, like I think it was uh, the Lorax movie when it came out. You got a little Lorax doll. Um, this brings me back to video games entirely. It's, it's, it's the exact same thing. Yeah. And especially, like, this was this line about hours of entertainment versus money mm. was actually an argument I used for why I played video games, not went to movies. Because I can spend $20 and go see an hour and a half movie, maybe go with my buddies and just kind of have a good time. Or I can spend that same $25 on a game and get 35 hours. And all of a sudden, the cost, va the value of that time, of that money, is wha vastly, vastly different by a factor of almost 10 times. It's like the uh, same thing with role-playing games. You get four, maybe five people together... And they're all bored for an entire summer, so we're going to say 90 days. They are going to be bored as shit for some god-awful reason. Uh, a satellite fell out of the sky, and they don't have access... the internet access doesn't to, work. They don't have access to Bollywood anymore, or some crazy shit. Or their parents decided to become um, Amish. Okay, or their parents decided to go Amish or whatever. But you pick up, so you got five guys. Burgers and fries. Burgers and fries. <laughs> <laughs> we had to sneak that in. We did. You, they, collectively, they spend $450 together. Mm -hmm. Right? So and that's this about is 90 bucks a person. Just 90 bucks a person. You, I think you see where I'm going with this. So we divide that 90 bucks. So we've already divided 450 by 5 So we've got $90 per person. Each person has spent that $90 three times or $30 three times over. Player's Guide, GM's Guide, Monster Manual. So they have access to the core three books, all five players. Mm -hmm. They only spend... Four hours. We're going to say four hours per weekend over the course of that three-month period. So four hours times four is four, eight, 16, 16, 32, 48. 48 hours. 48 hours total for a combined total of $450. Mm -hmm. So we're for looking at five people. For five people. So that's about $10 an hour, roughly. 
Well, it's actually a lot more. So if each person spent $90, if they played one hour per day, they've made quintuple oh, their yeah. money. Yeah. Because one, one hour per day makes it $1 per hour. And they're sharing that fun, which means that it's actually multiplied by each other player for a total of five times value. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry there. My math was getting really fuzzy, but I was also thinking about titties. 48 times. <laughs> Not your titties, you fat fuck. <laughs> Like real titties. Not your, <laughs> not your soy boy chest. <laughs> Jesus. But the thing I'm trying to go on is if they all spend $90. And right? have a summer of fun. And have a summer of fun each weekend, say four hours. Which is a right? low, which is a pretty conservative estimate. Which is a pretty conservative estimate for a D&D game. Mm-hmm. But say they can only spare four hours on a Friday night. For $90, that's still not bad. Considering that $90 to go to the movies with popcorn... Oh, actually, we're going to just remove popcorn. Fuck popcorn. We're just going to go straight to the movie. Straight to the movie is 15 bucks. Easy. Mm-hmm. And or more, if, depending. You can see some, what, six movies? This, and movies? this is not for the 3D movie, either. No, no. This is for just average. And matinee will Whoa, say. I hear the police cars, sirens passing by outside. <laughs> um, uh, capitalism good. Oh, that made him go away. All right. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, That's so you say you go to the movie, right? And you catch the matinee, cheapest one you can. You're still spending, what, 12 bucks? Still minimum? spending 12 bucks. So you can go, what, seven, eight times to the movie? Because then you can't afford the eighth movie. Yeah, you can't quite di- afford it. Well, I was just going on 15 because that's what it is normally here down at the local corner for matinee. Mm-hmm. And oh, wow. $15, you know, that's six movies. Yeah. That's eight hours. So for the same price, you could have eight hours versus three months. Or yeah. say you live in magical Christmas land and you're a kid and you got nothing to fucking do. You meet up with your buddies every day in someone's nice air-conditioned house. And you D&D for 12 hours. And you D&D for... That's the same and argument not, At make. that point, you're going way... Astronomically, you're you're paying pennies an hour. Basically. Not even. The, the, the point, though, is... You know, like he was trying to make here, you know, with video games. Video games and role-playing games... Whatever other games, you know, usually the ones that involve other people or even single-player games. Skyrim for the win. Mmm, lusty Argonian maid. Anyway. <laughs> do Argonians have titties? Yeah, they have titties. There, there's yeah, a do. whole story about it, about how they did that to adapt to a human-centric culture they were brought into because they were slaves. It was but don't they know being video. humans a social construct? They can choose whatever race they want to be. <laughs> anyway. <sighs> the point is of the fact... Was a bad when you go out and you buy a movie... So we're going to bring the bicycle full circle here. When you go to get a movie, what you're paying for is 90 minutes to two hours of movie time to plug it in, watch the movie, and just get lost in another world or a good story. And all the, the sidebar shit that comes with it, you know, the behind-the-scenes stuff, the uh, narration by the director or, like, actor. It, I've never... I, I don't know anybody who's watched it more than once. I've never watched it more than once. And sometimes I turn it off like halfway through. I'm just like, okay, I've seen the behind-the-scenes stuff. Done. Well, yeah. I mean... Now, at the same token, if you're actually buying a movie that you like to watch a lot, you can make that time up. And again, it's a matter of how much you use it. Like someone buying The Princess Bride and pulling it out once a month. You know, that's an hour and a half, two hours. That's some dedication. That, that's like... Crazy cat lady, creepy levels of dedication. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of an I extreme mean, example, but you know, they could buy a special edition with like the you know uh, little like toothpick or something of Inigo Montoya's sword. 
or for whatever reason. Oh yeah, the the classical letter opener technique. Yeah, exactly. People like <laughs> I, I don't understand letter openers as being part of the. I never have. Like right, they're cheap. Well, I know they're cheap, but the thing is, when I first started getting into gaming and movies and entertainment, you know, you got like. Maybe you got like a picture to put on the wall that came with the movie or whatever. Or you got like a postcard, some little chintzy motherfucking thing. Right. Maybe some special features on the DVD, or like a laugh track commentary. You know, where the actors decided to get together and voice over their own characters, but in different voices. So they MST3K that shit just for fun factor. Right. You know, they're having a good time. It's like a bunch of guys sitting in the living room just talking to the microphones, like the DBZ dudes. You know. Oh my do god. Do their voiceover shit. You know, exactly. But on the other hand, it's just... Letter openers! Why? Nobody sends letters anymore. Even when I first got into it, letters were rare. The only ones you got was, you know... Bills. Bills, or save a ton of money by switching to... Schmacko? No, Vern Fonk Insurance. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we're going to bring up old school references here. Oh, Jesus God. Uh, (laughs) But nowadays, you know, I see something, it'll be like, includes a free pewter letter opener. I'm like... Who the fuck sends letter? The most that happens is I might order something from overseas or from across country. I'm like, oh, I need new mics. I That's the only time I'd see needing a letter opener, and those usually aren't sharp enough to get through the packing tape. That's what a knife is for. That's but what yeah, a knife is for. The only time I've seen it with a movie where it was something actually useful was uh, Ted, the uh, Seth MacFarlane teddy bear movie. Yeah, yeah that was Ted. Came, yeah, Ted came with a bottle opener. Which makes sense. Makes like, sense. I thought you were going with that. I'm like bottle opener. Yeah, that's it, the only time I've seen something useful. Maybe back in the day when you could buy cereal and it, inside the box was a special edition Star Wars light-up spoon. I had them all. <laughs> that was cool. But other than that, it's like, oh, what's your Cracker Jack prize? Cha- cracker Jack prizes anymore are freaking uh, little paper stickers. That's what you get. Or like temp tattoos. Nah, it's a sticker. It's a sticker. It's a sticker. It's a sticker that'll wash off in several days. Yeah, I still remember like, I got back. one from Captain Crunch. It was a toy submarine, but... To get it to submerge, you had to put baking soda inside of it. And then when you put it in water, it was supposed to do some crazy shit. But yeah, that, that toy sucked. But yeah, McDonald's used to do the same things. You know, like you'd go in and you get a McDonald's toy. Like early on, like one of my first fucking memories was just way ancient in Renton. We went down there and there was a McDonald's up on the hill and we got burgers and shit. And it came with like a, a whole fucking play set. Like, it, uh, it was like a six-by-six six little square with all these little playing pieces on it. And it was like a for a, like a little kid's memory game. Like, all the pieces that would fit into it were different shapes. And you were supposed to, like, you know, try to put all the pieces into the toy within a certain set time. You know, like, count to 30 and it take your score kind of shit. And they kind of told you the instructions to make it a competitive game. Like, see how many more you can do than your friends. But that came with, like... Oh, shit, six by six. Came with about 16 playing pieces. Mm-hmm. In total. You know, a little kid's game. In small parts, joking hazard, of course. And that was, like, one of the first toys I got. And then, of course, later on, they came out with these, like, little fucking creepy-ass dinosaur people things. But they actually had moving parts. Yeah. They actually had moving arms and legs, and you could turn their head. And, you know, like, they had a wind-up grimace. You wind him up, put him on the table, and he keeps walking. You know, he was a novelty, really. I mean, he was like, Yeah, he the little stuff. waddler toys. He was a little waddler toy. And then nowadays, it's like, oh, you get a uh, Lion King piece that stays perfectly still, but you can connect it with all the other ones to make a landscape. Yeah, or if you're lucky, like, uh, last time I went near there, she fucking, like, they had a dress-up paper doll thing, but it mm-hmm. only had, like, two outfits. I was like, what the fuck dress-up game is this? I mean, two outfits. Woo! 
Mormon. That's exciting. <laughs> Actually, I think she was because she already had the onesie on underneath, you know, because no nudity. Uh, I mean, I remember as a kid, uh, the toys at the, like, special edition toys from, like, Burger King and McDonald's were all the shit. They had the transforming, like, fries and burgers and shakes oh, and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, was it Burger King had the gold Pokemon cards? Now, that was a collector's item you went and bought Burger King for. Shit. Like, uh, actually, one that we did, uh, when I was working at Pizza Hut, this was about 92, 93. I can't remember. It was a long time ago. Casper just come out. Oh, Jesus. And holy shit, everybody fucking hated that movie behind the counter. And there's a reason why they sent us these fucking Casper uh, toys. They were about the same size as a large coffee mug. And they were supposed to be... They were kind of like... They were supposed to be like hand puppets, but made out of hard plastic kind of shit. Like, you could barely move them with your hand inside. And they were, like, really small. They were meant more for kids than adults, but... I don't know any kids with, like, gorilla, cocoa, hand strength, fucking, you know, like, here, I'm gonna bring in my son Harambe to fuck with this toy for a while. <laughs> Dicks out for Harambe. Dicks out for Harambe. No, that wasn't the case, man, but they would send us these fucking toys, and they were awesome, because, you know, like, I took some of them, when we got that, we had the whole set in the back, and I, like, took some, and I snuck off of it when my manager's back was turned. And turned out the light in the freezer. And I'm in there playing with ghost toys inside the freezer. <laughs> like my manager eventually is like, you know, hey, where's the, the, where's the guy? Where's the guy who, you know, the freezer dude? Checking the freezer. And there I am, like negative 30 degrees. And I got Casper in one hand and like Slarmy in the other. I'm like, over here. And my manager opens the door. I'm like, the fuck, dude? I'm like, oh, breaks over? <laughs> Didn't realize. I, but we hated those fucking things because they came in like these big ass plastic clear garbage bags and we had nowhere to put them. You only have a limited amount of space in the back of any restaurant. Anywhere. Anywhere. And we're like, where the fuck do we put these? Who the fucking corporate thought it was a good idea to get toys that individually are about the size of a mug and send them to us in bags of 100 at a time oh, and then just send us 10 bags of these things at a time. So you're getting bags of a, you're getting about a thousand toys per shipment. Per shipment. Where in the fuck? Yeah, about every once every week. And of course the manager was like, "No, I'm not having those in my office." Uh-uh. The thing though, we hated the shit out of these because they were large, they were obnoxious, and we didn't understand how kids were going to be playing with them. But <laughs> god damn it, the customers didn't love these things. We put these. We lined up the, the top four ghosts, and of course Casper was the biggest selling one. So we made sure to order extras after the first week of Casper because everybody wanted Casper. Fuck itchy, lumpy, and scratchy. And that that's it for a collectible item. That's the way it should be is you put out an item like that that customers want. Because the, the quality of the items was actually really good beyond being a puppet. It was more of a, a counter shelf thing. You, it was a bobble. You put it on the shelf. It's useless. Wait, it's wait, a goddamn monkey pop. Would you say it was a tchotchke? Ay, ay. It's my pinche cabrones. Puta mi madre. Uh, sorry, I love that word, and I finally got to use it in a podcast. Aha! <laughs> You're the turning the frogs gay! <laughs> I'm not throwing chemicals in the pond. No, but the shit you're saying is about as bad uh, now what i'm trying to get to anyway like when they did the casper movie they did everything right to get these things on the store shelves and into the hands of people who wanted them it was a quality product that was marketed towards children and it was a children's style movie even though christina ricci at that time was holy damn mm-hmm. definitely not children's material as far as my thoughts were going still not 
it's great. It's just not going there anyway. She looks great just even now. But then we get to like the way these guys are marketing with movies and stuff. Like if the Casper movie came out with these things packaged on, people wouldn't take them. For some, you know, because I don't know why, but when you sell a movie individually with an item that comes with that movie, unless it's like a special collector's case, yeah, or it comes with a bonus DVD. Like the only reason I bought Star Wars the collector's edition. Is it came with the original theatrical release DVD on the back B side, and I'm like, fuck yes! The real Star Wars is in the package. I'm buying that shit. <laughs> Anymore, it'd be cheaper just to buy a Laserdisc reader and all three Laserdiscs, which were like two, or I think one of them was three discs, yeah. and you had to play both sides. That, that, that's a cheaper way to get the original nowadays, unless you're on, you know, pirate websites. No, I've got the original on VHS still. So do I. Well, what I'm saying though is, and I know it's a really long-winded way to get there by talking about fucking ghost toys, <laughs> but when it comes to movies, getting back to your original question from like 35 minutes ago, when you sell a movie, the more crap you put on the package, the less space you have to put that movie on the shelf legitimately, the, and the more scrunk that comes with it. People want to buy a movie for that 90 minutes of, this is a great movie, maybe the little extra fluff, but... How many times have you bought a, a collector's movie in any way, shape, or form? Has anybody? And I, I leave this up to our listeners. You know, if they want to mail in and be like, oh, yeah, I actually do. You're wrong, dude. I use all the shit that comes with my movie. But how many times have you bought a collector's edition movie and actually, like, did anything with the special shit that comes with it? Oh, shit, man. I can go back to my childhood. Indian in the cupboard. Got the special edition VHS well, and hard racist. plastic case. Came with a little plastic key and a little plastic dude, and he flipped the cover around so it looked like the cupboard. Ah. I played with that shit all the time, man. You were, what, six at the time? If that. I was born in... I know, I know, yeah. but I'm just saying, you know, like, it didn't cover your little kid played with it. That's totally legit. Little kids play with everything, dude. Yeah. I used to play with bleach. It shows. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, why you glow in the dark. No, that's why, um... Oh, wait, no, that was the Eldritch Invocation. That, that's right, probably, sorry. It's probably okay. why I'm partially stupid nowadays. <laughs> More than the average person is because, you know, drinking bleach is not healthy. <laughs> it does flush out the system. Oh, my God, does it? <laughs> <laughs> and the strange thing is, from my experiences of drinking bleach, legitimately, and I do not advise any listener to drink bleach. Even if you water it down, you will vomit up white foam, which is no fun. And if you think eat, drinking milk and having the bubble guts times 10 hurts, no. The crazy part is, all these people who add crazy shit to movies, to video games, put out collector's edition of books, I swear to whatever unholy deity is out there, these motherfuckers are sitting around in the boardroom trying to upend one another of who can come up with the most tragically stupid idea while engaged in a bleach gargling circle jerk because there is obviously no Playing other okay way cookie. They're, they're, they're basically doing like bukkake bleach parties or some shit you know just squirting bleach over each other's faces and be like oh yeah here's for our marketing guy just get it all in your mouth because obviously some of the shit they've been coming out with especially in recent days i'm thinking todd howard holy fuck this guy is definitely drinking the kool-aid and it's mixed with clorox <laughs> Fucking Christ, these guys, I, what the fuck are they doing? It used to be back in the day when we got a special item with a game, whether it was bookends, a little toy dragon, fuck little figurines we could play with, because, you know, no man can ever say he stopped playing with toys at some point in his life. 
our toys just get more and more gas elaborate. They get more and more elaborate and gas powered. But we still sometimes pick up a chainsaw and be like, Roar, I am dinosaur. Imagine a T-Rex with these on his hands. <laughs> we do that kind of shit, right? <laughs> this is manly man shit. We grow beards and we're like, throw shit against the wall. We're not supposed to throw against the wall. And then we look at some of the crap these guys have been coming out with in recent years. And even we dudes are looking at us like, Okay, I get called retarded for what? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> it's like they let the kids in slow class play with all the dull crayons and they just didn't tell the kids in slow class that they're playing with dull crayons and thanks to diversity they gave the slow kids fucking degrees in business economics and now they're running Bethesda now they're running EA now they're running Ubisoft now they're running Disney what the shit <laughs> I, when I was a kid they told me you can be whatever you want when you grow up as long as you put effort into it. Okay, that's basically telling me life is a meritocracy. You have to earn what you get. You have to work your way to the top. And apparently nowadays a purple-haired winch who uh, lets people commit suicide because of false allegations. Thank you, Zoe fucking Quinn, you stupid bitch. Yes, I said it. I hate that cunt. How is it a meritocracy running around sleeping with people and then when you get called out, you're like, Oh, uh, Mavijana, I was harassed. That's not a meritocracy. That's empowerment through victimization. These are the kind of people running our business economic kind of bullshit in gaming now, and it's pissing me off. I wanted game designers who can make a good quality product. And they're like, hey, we're going to make this new war game. We are going to make it awesome. And you know what? We're going to package it in a fucking military-style helmet. It's, it's a World War II-style game. And we'll sell two of these plastic helmets. They'll be small, so adults can't wear them. So nobody will get shot for wearing, you know, the German side out in public at the park. And nobody will get uh, depressed wearing the American helmet and going to a uh, parade where people died to fight for that kind of freedom, apparently. Or some shit, anyway. Whatever the fucking point is. These products, half the time, they don't even relegate to the game that they're making. They're just trash little plastic pieces of trinkets. And anybody, any fucking person out there who has any goddamn ability to say, Hey, you know what? Go green. Save the planet. Public, uh, the fucking shit out there. Ozone is depleting, even though it's growing back right now. And fucking methane gas and fucking... CO2 emissions and rising sea levels. Plastic is evil. All these motherfuckers who say this kind of shit, who buy a special edition game with all the bells and whistles and plastic little fucking prizes in it, should shut the fuck up. Because they are part of the goddamn problem. They should not be buying these collector's editions if they're yelling, go green on the same time. And that killing animals is cruelty. Why is killing animals cruelty? I don't fucking know anymore. Because they're goddamn delicious and I love them. I love cats. I love to pet cats. I like to take cats for a walk. I like to play with kittens. I also like to eat cats. I don't fucking care. But these people who say they care should fucking learn to back up what they fucking say. If they fucking go out there and they say, oh, plastic bad, then stop contributing the problem by buying garbage, taking it out of its cellophane wrapper, throwing the cellophane away, taking out the little plastic card with a 16-digit card on there to get your quality in-game digital item, and then throwing that 16-digit card away that's made out of plastic when you're fucking done, printing it at a goddamn factory that just mows down trees like I mow down the fucking lawn every summer. For 
fuck's sake! They are just contributing to the problem. And when they buy all these little plastic trinkets, what do these plastic trinkets come with? More fucking packaging! They come with these little plastic fucking zip-tie things that are really fucking irritating because one of my nails always breaks on those goddamn things. And then they come with that little fucking clamshell holster where you gotta practically just beat the fuck out of it to get your item out because somehow it's molded into the fucking plastic even though it's not supposed to be. So then they throw away that fucking clamshell packaging. They throw away all that paper that's printed with inks that come from questionable locations. They're only adding to the problem. And these companies that are also making the plastic. You know what a nerdle is? Well, a nerdle isn't a guy drinking Mountain Dew on a fucking Saturday night, I tell you that. A nerdle is a tiny piece of fucking plastic. And they are all over the fucking ocean right now. They are on the goddamn beaches. They are in fish's stomachs. They are in whale stomachs. They are in clam stomachs. These fucking little nerdles are all over the place. And every time you buy a plastic fucking item, all you're doing is contributing to more of these nerdles going from a plastic factory down a drain and washing out into your ocean and being part of your food that you eat nowadays. Congratulations! You just now have more of these weird fucking things that make you get man titties. Turn the frogs gay. This has been Quiet Time with Game Goblin. <laughs> now go to fucking sleep. Well, I think on that note, everybody, we're having a good laugh. We're gonna need some time. We'll catch you all next week. This Shit, was I ranting again? Miss signing off. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You were ranting. It was pretty empowering. Game Goblin out. How's our count back to the sky? I'm on an all-meat diet. Can you tell?